The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome back to the First Cut Podcast. My name is Kyle Porter. I'm filling in as the uh, as the host for Rick Gaiman, but uh, I've got Mark Immelman here. Mark, uh, first round recap, 3M Open. How are we doing? I'm good. I'm filling in for analyst Kyle Porter. It's back with you boys, huh? It's musical chairs on, on yeah, the First yeah. Cut Podcast today. Uh, kind of a, it, you know, it, it was interesting. This tournament is not, it doesn't always produce the greatest fields, and yet the leaderboard right now is is pretty interesting. You know, it's got some it's got some uh, intriguing storylines. It's got some big names. It's got some guys that are playing well. I, I'm going to give you the option here of where we start. The 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 first round there was really a, a a real difference between the morning and afternoon wave. The afternoon it the wind really picked up and scoring was just more difficult in that wave. So a lot of the a lot of the scores you see on the leaderboard or at the top of the leaderboard are from the morning. So I'm going to give you a, a dealer's choice here: Justin Suh, Nick Hardy, Billy Horschel, Hideki, and Tony Finau. Which of those guys would you like to talk about? Oh goodness gracious me! Well, all of them intriguing in their own way. I I, I almost want to I want to let you have that and just say this golf course is I don't want to say it's hitters only. But in years past, you look at the guys that have played well, you know, first edition of this thing we had, um, it wasn't the first edition, but we've had Matthew Wolf and Colin Morikawa go out of playoff. Michael Thompson, somewhat reliable from Tita Green. Uh, you've got Tony Finau has won here before. And a lot of those guys, all good ball strikers. And, and in the morning, you, you, you got a, a group of guys in some receptive conditions that could get busy. Then in the afternoon, this is what normally happens around here because it's exposed, it's flat out there, and the winds kick up in the afternoon. And ahead of the storm system that was off to whatever side of the golf course it was, it got downright difficult. And and, and it it was it was challenging for golfers. So it was fun for me to see. But you can pretty well set your wristwatch on the wind kicking up in the afternoon. And so for guys, as we venture into the tournament, you're going to have to bring your ball striking boots with you. Yeah, you are. Uh, JT, by the way, is finishing up. We'll talk about him in a second. He's finishing up on 18, just having a, a long eagle putt, uh, fairly short. One question I had for you, Mark, is when you – I think people would be interested in this. When you are watching a tournament the first couple of rounds that you're going to call on the weekend, what are you looking for? 
are you looking at individually who's popping off? Are you looking at how the course is playing? Like what's your, what, what kind of, where do your eyes go whenever you uh, look at the first two rounds of, of a tournament like this? Kyle, that's a really good question. Uh, And I guess through my years of doing PGA tour radio before I got into television, um, it always, I I remember because I was sort of the beginner and the rookie on the group. So I always got the not so good group. And then they'd get off to a flower. I'm like, yeah, we are going to be in contention. And then, then things guys sort of fizzle out. And this was on a Sunday and it's occurred to me more and more. Now I kind of knew this deep down, but now it's galvanized inside of my soul. The Thursday, Friday, the real stars, they just try not to do themselves in. They yeah. want to start finding game over the weekend. I'll, I'll never forget. I had a brief conversation with Jack Nicholas. And he said, honestly, he said, look, Thursday, Friday, I, I'm just trying to get through. He goes, I want to start playing well over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And then especially well Sunday. And then the really good ones, they start showing up with nine holes to play. So long-winded to say Thursday, Friday, I'm just looking at trends. I'm looking how the golf course is going. I'm sort of looking how people look like they're swinging because all of that in my experiences through the years is it's somewhat of a predictor, but you never really know because right now there's pressure for some look, because you've got the, the, the finish line of the playoffs sort of looming large for certain guys. But for the guys who've been in the mix for a whole long time, they're just kind of playing through Thursday, Friday, trying to find a little something for the weekend. So I'm watching, yeah. I'm watching the course a lot though. And I think somebody that, that did that on Thursday is Tony Fina. I, I'd love to talk about him uh, real quick because he's somebody that Mark, he, he hasn't had the best summer, you know, he wins in Mexico and then it, he's hitting the ball well, but he's not really finishing up, up near the top of, of leaderboards. And then he comes out here and, <laughs> He's six under through his first six holes. And you're like, this guy might shoot 58, 57. And uh, didn't didn't go that well the rest of the way. He he played the next 12 in, in one over. But still, I, to me, this is – it's a great start for somebody who's the defending champion and somebody who really has to get mega hot over the next four weeks to play his way onto the Ryder Cup team. It's a fantastic start for Tony. And, and, and to to kind of – get in behind your observation about how he's been playing. I had earmarked this guy for the longest time for one and done. And at the last minute, I did one of my stupid moves again. I pivoted <laughs> for, I pivoted for Sun JM just because of the way that Tony was somewhat unpredictable, but he does play his best stuff in my estimations on bent greens. And I saw some ridiculous number there. Finau. Now, as we look at him, that you talk about that win there in Mexico, that was his only top 10 for like eight events. Yeah. The rest of the stuff was pretty average and coming in. Yeah. He's had two miscuts. Now I know that there was sort of a bright spark and he hit some good shots there at the open, but I think it's just a question of coming back to a course where he knows he can read the greens. Well, he's on bent grass. He's comfortable. Um, so I feel like it's one of those things where everything sort of confluences in the area where it's like, man, I feel good. I won here last year. And the fairways are a little wider so he can drive it. We know he strikes the ball well. So I'm just keen to see how, you know, he'll get in some wind tomorrow afternoon and then over the weekend. So that, that'll be the real barometer for where the game is for Tony as we look now into playoffs and then beyond that, the Ryder Cup. Yeah, he, he needs to he needs to catch some fire this week. Good week to do it because he's obviously played well at this golf course. JT just finished up. I, I'd like to talk about him 
very briefly, even though he's not uh, he's not on this leaderboard. Uh, he shot two. He uh, three putted the last. Shot two under sixty nine uh, in the first round. Uh, looked he looked good at times. He was grinding, Mark. I mean, grinding a- as you would expect somebody like him to be as he's trying to get into the playoffs. Ryder Cup, same thing as as Finau. Just, I, I guess, what are your expectations for him the rest of the week? Because I think one thing we talked about on Tuesday with uh, Rick and I talked about is, man, I, I have no idea what to expect from JT. He, it's been all over the place, top 10 at Travelers, shooting in the 80s elsewhere. Like, well, what, what, are, you, what are you thinking over the next three days for him? Well, that has been the knock. Because if you look, you know, since the memorial for arguments, like PGA finishes the Barely makes the cut, finishes 65th, I think it was. Then Memorial, he shoots 75, 73. Euro Serpent, 73, 81. So decent day, bad day. Then he plays well at Travelers, like you point out. But that 70 in round one was lethargic. Uh, then he goes 60, uh, 76, 69. So one bad round, one good round. Then at the Open, it's the, well, the Scottish Open, he's grinding. Shoots the final round of 73. Then at the Open, shoots that abhorrent 82. So to be honest with you, I'm not so sure what to expect. What I have seen now, bearing in mind, don't scare me on Twitter if I've missed something because I wasn't watching golf last week. I was on vacation. Um, I I noticed he's not left-hand low putting anymore. And I notice he's got a counterbalanced putter in his hand of, of a very similar, not exact model, but a similar weighting system looks like to me to what Ricky Fowler has been using. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, look, I, I still think JT's game goes as he puts. And that three putt you talk about at the last after he's hit two beauties into the green there. Yeah. That stings right. And that's going to sit with him because he does, he can't hit a shot right away and sort of get over that. So now he's going to be lamenting that thing over dinner. I just hope that doesn't carry into tomorrow because I guess the point I was trying to make was he's been like decent, then one bad day. Decent, then one bad day. Now it's decent in the wind. I'm keen to see how we go tomorrow morning when the scoring should be better. But suffice to say, I see a guy who's working hard on his golf swing. I saw that in Scotland. There's a big pre-shot routine going on where it looks like he's trying to get the handle out and the shaft a little shallower going back. Not sure why he's doing that. And then, of course, the putter. Now he's went left hand low. He's aim pointing on the greens. Now he's got a counterbalance with a regular grip. So there's a whole lot of stuff going on here right now. So... Look, he's Justin Thomas. I'll, I'll preface my observation with that. But right now, I, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm not sure. I'm a little undecided. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. He, he currently, they haven't finished up round one, but he's like 115th in putting and top 25 in, in tee to green play. So I think that's a little bit of what you're saying of like, okay, you're, you're hitting some good shots, but I, and we've heard guys talk about this over and over again, is when I'm not putting well, especially great hitters put so much pressure on themselves to hit it tight, to hit it tight. And that's where you can get into trouble. That's where mentally it can kind of unwind a little bit. And listen, like there's a number of things probably wrong with JT's game right now, but I do wonder how much that lack of confidence in the putter is putting pressure on everything else. You've hit the nail on the head there. And the one thing about this golf course, because as you just look at it from like the 36,000 foot view, it looks big. It's expansive, big greens, wide-ish fairways. Rough is dangerous in spots, but you can play from it. 
it's typically it's receptive because in the Midwest you get summertime thunderstorms, so golf course is going to be soft. But the greens, if you're attacking without a certain amount of circumspection, there are a lot of humps and hollows and like fall-offs off the, these big greens. And you can get on the wrong side of some holes and some slips very quickly. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden, you know, you've had a decent shot and you've just made a bogey, right? And then that gets in the mindset. Then you see two guys, four guys, five guys just hair past you on the leaderboard. Then you try and force again. So, uh, yeah, the putter is going to have a big say-so. To me, I think in bigger events where par is more kind of the examination, you can get by some spotty putting if you're just mm -hmm. a ball striker. Yeah. And a thing like this where you're going to have to do, what, five-ish a day? You know, I don't know what the average winning score is, but you've got to get into the late teens, early 20s, yeah? You know, you, you can't be affording to, to, to three putts and stuff like that. It just makes life too hard. Yeah, it's a great point. Uh, okay, we're going to get eventually get to our leader and look at the odds, but uh, let's take a break and hear from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, Mark. Uh, one guy did real quick. We're gonna get. We're gonna talk about Lee Hodges. I got to get myself out of here, but uh, Lee Hodges did shoot sixty three early on Thursday. Clean card sixty three. Uh, he was he was awesome. I mean, thirty two, thirty one. Uh, he did talk afterwards. I, I was interested in this. Just talked about like, listen, this this doesn't mean much. It doesn't mean anything. You know, it's Thursday. I, I care about Sunday and. I kind of like it when guys speak like that, uh, especially on a Thursday. He only has one top 10 uh, or his last, excuse me, his last top 10 came in April at the Texas Open. Just what, what's your, does he have staying power up at the top of this leaderboard right now? He does. Uh, and, and I just, I look back at the body of work over his career. I mean, he was a stud at the University of Alabama um, on a really good golf team. Um, he's come out. And he's won some good events. I, 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 the number of them slips my mind. But he's a fantastic ball striker. He's sneaky long. And he's got a lot of self-confidence. And I think that's born of the fact that 
in that Alabama program, you get to hang around with Justin Thomas's and Trey Mullinax's and, and that sort of crowd of the world. So, yeah, I feel like he belongs. He's talking a, a good game over there because a lot of guys on Thursday after a day like that would sort of give the trite answers. But if he's saying, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just shaping up for a weekend run, that speaks to someone to me who sort of has a lot of self-confidence. I will say this. I know his instructor, Stephen Purier, and I've known him for a long, long time. And Stephen is one of those Alabama sort of country boys that keeps the thing the thing. It's very simple always. And so there's no overthinking in the, uh, in the Lee Hodges camp. So I feel like he's set up for a, a bit of a run. And he's watched all of his contemporaries play well, guys he's beaten. And he's watched youngsters come out. So I'm sure there's some of that, you know, on, uh, kind of on the, the bulletin board material going, hey, it's my time. Now, yes, it is Thursday. There's a lot of golf. But that was a fantastic start and a very tidy start because it was a, I saw some of it. It was a very well-crafted round. Yeah, it certainly was. He's number 110 in the world right now. He's playing good golf. You know, he, he finished, uh, I'm going to read you his best uh, OWGR finishes ever as a professional. T, T3 at the American Express last year. He won the Portland Open on the Corn Ferry Tour in 2020. T7 at the CJ Cup last year, but this season. Uh, T12 at the Memorial this year. T6 at the Texas Open this year. Uh, T13 at the St. Jude last year, and then T12 at the Scottish Open this year. So it's it's the recent form, even though there's not been a lot of top 10s, is actually the best that he's ever played. The problem for him will be the fact that he's got Hideki behind him. He's got Finau behind him. He's got, uh, you know, Brant Snedeker's playing well. There's just a lot of guys coming up behind him. Nick Hardy played great that are, that are going to be, it's just going to be difficult to maintain that lead throughout. Yes, I agree with you. But I will go back to what I was saying about him and Steven, where they just keep it the thing, the thing. And, you know, despite the names behind, you just got to go and post scores. And yep. it's very easy for me to say that, I know. But if you keep your head down and you keep hitting good shots and stuff like that, and you hit the right shot at the right time, you know, you set yourself up for a Sunday run. Then all bets are off. You know, yeah. the, the, the last time, was it last year? Yeah, Finau won last year. Mm -hmm. I had Finau on the final day, and he was sort of in it, but not really because um, – oh, goodness, his name slipping my mind. He had a big lead. Uh, Sungjae was up there. Piercy had a massive lead, and Piercy made a bogey on 10, I think, from nowhere. Hit it in the water on 13 or the 13 or 14, the par four, 14, the par four. And all of a sudden, Tony's buried a 50-footer for the lead. Yeah. He's one ahead. Then he – Next makes another birdie and wins by wins by a few, kind of at a canter. So so it, it's just about making numbers, you know. Let let the players do the players thing, and then you only start counting players on Thursday on Sunday if there's like four or five in front or or whatever the case might be. Yeah. Well, speaking of bets, uh, we've got a betting board to take a look at. Mark, uh, we have Hideki Matsuyama, who we haven't talked about yet, <laughs> as as the favorite. He's one back of Hodges right now. He's four to one. Tony Finau nine to one. Emiliano Grio, who's playing really good golf this summer. Colonial. He was good at the Open. Um, and then you got Lee Hodges at ten to one, and then on down to Justin Sud eighteen. Kevin Streelman eighteen. And on down the board. Does anything on this board stick out to you after round one? Yeah, Vincent Norman at twenty. Yes, um, I, I'd been blowing this guy's trumpet for the longest time. After watching him play Division Two golf at Georgia Southwestern down the road from me over here, he's a star. 
Um, and he just needed that one chance and he took it last week. And he's a roommate. In fact, Ludwig Eberg had moved into his house. And to watch Ludwig, you know, well, not cleaning up, but playing great, I'm sure must have grinded his rear end because they play together and he's equally as good. And so to see Vincent win, which was awesome, and to finish it off, you know, fall into that victory. And now follow that up in a future group today with a very good round. I was like, hell yeah, go boy. Because he, you know, what he did do in college, granted it wasn't at the blue chip level, but he's still winning. When he won once, he won once, he won in bunches. So he's jumping out to me. Um, Hideki just looked flawless. When yeah. I watched a little bit, I watched him play. And when Hideki gets going like that, he he's one of those golfers. You know, everyone has reverse, you know, that reverse gear there somewhere. There are very few golfers that don't have reverse when they're going well. He's one mm -hmm. of them. Spieth mm -hmm. is another. When, when Spieth gets to the lead, it's not often he goes away. When he's on the leaderboard, he doesn't disappear. Yeah. Hideki's one of those guys, and I feel like he's in for the long haul this week. Yeah, I, I probably – Nick Hardy sticks out to me, 25 to 1. Very good young player. Uh, he got a huge – I don't know if you want to call it a break. He hit the shot of the year from behind a tree. Ben uh, <laughs> in his, in On his last hole to yeah. shoot – uh, what did he end up shooting? 65. He was six under. Yeah. So, you know, it, maybe a break like that leads to a win on the weekend. Maybe you look back and say, man, that was, I kind of stole a sh probably two shots there really to make, to make three from where he was. But yeah, I, uh, Hardy at 25, I think Norman at 28 is interesting. I don't know. Finau and Hideki are a little bit short for me, but, uh, yeah, everybody else on that is is pretty pretty interesting. If I could jump in on Hardy real fast, um, there's something about the Midwesterners and the guys who play in these sorts of conditions. I ask a lot of them. You put them in Detroit, you put them here, you put them in Chicago, those sorts of areas. The golf courses have a similar sort of a flow and feel to them. So I'm sure it's very comfortable for him over here, having gone to university um, at Illinois. So the conditions are comfortable. He'll have mates out there, I'm sure, too. But he was in a group in New Orleans. Uh, I think he and Davis Riley were partners, and they won the New Orleans event earlier this year. Mm -hmm. Everything's blurring mm -hmm. for me right now. Um, and he hits the ball really, really high, which was surprising to me. He's powerful, but it gets up in the air fast. And if the wind continues to go like it is now, I'm keen to see what he's like in the afternoon over the weekend. Yeah. So I'm, I'm torn on him. I'm like... Conditions, heck yes, this suits him. High ball flight in the wind, uh, I don't know so much. But but he's a talented kid of that, I've, I have no doubt. Yeah, he is. Uh, should be interesting. Okay, I got to go. I got to go do CBS Sports HQ. Mark, you got to go uh, prep for this weekend. Uh, great stuff. Uh, we will be back uh, each of the next three rounds. You'll have Rick back in the, back in the driver's seat, uh, which will be – better than me being in the driver's seat, but uh, enjoyed it, Mark, and uh, everybody have a good rest of your Thursday.